Welcome to the Hazel Rockets podcast, the number one golf podcast for new product launches, interviews with industry experts, golf trends, and more. Here are your hosts, Jen, Ken, and Bill. Hi, I'm Jen. I'm Ken. There's no Bill. Where's Bill? We had some technical difficulties with this week's episode of Hazel Rockets. And we lost Bill. Yeah, and this really was more like this this week we're filming this this part after after the interview and after jack bergeroni after the world then the wheels came off the rest of our day pretty much yes so um just a little glimpse of what today's hosel rockets went um as you probably can tell we are feel uh, filming this via zoom uh the, we did last week's episode the same way Everybody's supposed to be social distance. It's kind of great because we're having some new, exciting people we're interviewing that yeah. are out of country and out of state um, and giving us a whole new uh, you know, version of interviewees. One of the challenges is that we're stuck doing it via Zoom. How well, do I don't know if that's a challenge. I think that's gotten us a, a whole new uh, level of guests. I think that, because um, that, to me, I think it's been pretty exciting. How did that work today? Well, for me, it worked great. <laughs> How'd it work for you, Ken? How'd um, it work for Bill, who's still not even around? If Zoom means that Zoom goes out in the city of Sacramento in totality, and you have to get in your car and try to zoom five minutes before the interview starts to another city to find out that it still doesn't work in that city, then that company is appropriately named. Well, I think it's inappropriately named or you didn't zoom fast enough. Clearly that is the case. Because you didn't make it to the interview. I did not, but I heard you did a lovely job interviewing our guest. Or our guest was a lovely interviewee. That's possible too. Should I introduce them? Yes, let's introduce our guest today. And why don't you do that since uh, that'll be pretty much your contribution to the interview. <laughs> I did better than Bill, however. Yes, it's, that's true. <laughs> All right, so this week's guest on Hazel Rockets is Ryan Barath. And he is part of the digital content creation team for GolfWRX.com. So if you've never been on the internet before, you probably aren't aware of GolfWorks. We have been on the internet and it is the largest golf forum in the entire world. It's super cool if you've never been on it. And Ryan hosts on-spec podcasts for them, just like our podcast here on GolfWRX Radio they, Network. And it, theirs is, is, is a little bit better than ours. <laughs> theirs, theirs is a little deeper. Uh, on their podcast, they discuss everything. On golf. Ryan's, Ryan's podcast. Exactly. So uh, they talk about gear, technology, fitting, course architecture, uh, you name it. Ours is a little bit more geared towards equipment usually. So uh, Ryan's kind of a fun departure for us to interview this week. So. He's a master club builder. I talked at length about uh, club build. Yeah. He has 18 years experience fitting um, golfers of all skill levels, including some PGA Tour players. Um, you can find Ryan on Twitter, Instagram, where he's always willing to chat golf and obviously in the Golf WRX forum. So without further ado, we're going to talk, or at least you're going to talk, to Ryan Barath with Golf WRX. All right. Thanks. 
Ryan, thank you so much for joining us here today. I'm so appreciative of you. Golf WRX is such a massive forum and uh, just a news organization. And I was hoping one, that you could start by just telling a lot of our viewers that might not be familiar with, with the site, what it is exactly. Yeah, so uh, Golf WRX uh, started off as a very, uh, very much as a forum. So uh, just for people to share information and create a space, our, our founder, Richard, uh, had been to other ones on the internet around um, and had been a member for other ones for a long, like for quite a while. And then, then what happened was it felt that um, he wanted something that was, that was very open and free about sharing information. And um, that's kind of the, the ethos of where it came from. And then from there, it really has grown almost exponentially over the last, uh, I guess, what is it closing in on? I want to say 13 or 14 years now. Uh, and I mean, I was a member just as a, like, as a teenager who was looking for golf club information. Uh, I mean, I'm part of the site now, but I think I remember I was always really excited. I think I had, I was like probably one of the first 5,000 members and we have uh, a lot more than that now just because I was always deeply involved in the site. And from there is where I got a lot of my information from because I just, you know, you ask questions and people just kind of share it. And it's kind of the idea of any form, but it is divided into multiple sections. So we have club building. I like to do a lot of that. Uh, our focus as well, and this is where another part of it came from, was tour pictures. Used to be involved with, uh, everyone's always interested in like what happened, like what's in the bag. A lot of people are, are very familiar that Golf X kind of started the whole what's in the bag uh, idea. And with that, you know, create, we had a tour photographer. And at one point I remember, again, as someone who was just a member of the site going back a long time now, uh, when the Canadian Open came to town, because I am uh, Canadian here and I'm just kind of outside of Toronto. That's kind of my reference point for a lot of people. And when the Canadian Open came to town, I volunteered. They paid me for my services that week. I got a press pass, which was always really cool. And, uh, you know, just took play pictures of players' golf bags, was very polite, went around, asked questions, and, and was able to just kind of partake in the media process. And now, because of the way we're structured and the way we work, um, we have our, our staff photographer who does that almost week to week. It, it's changed a little bit now, but that is really the ethos of what we are. And now, as well, we've, we've really developed into more of a news site, too. So we have the forms as something that a lot of people are involved in, but then also, and that's, you know, that's kind of where I came in and, and editors before, no, I'm not an editor. I'm just a writer, but editors before have created something where we have our front page, we have our news stories, we have our stories about the tour. So it's not just people sharing information and, and going, just talking about what's going on with the tour or with equipment or with club releases, but also us being a source for information for people as far as what's going on on the tour, what's going on in golf what's going on as far as new equipment. We like to cover that stuff a lot. And you know, that's kind of what we do. And I think that's such a cool thing. I know that Morton Golf Sales, um, our sponsor is, um, we were one of the original sponsors for Golf WRX. Um, I also know that uh, when I go to um, try to find something new and do a search, Golf WRX is frequently one of the first things that comes up because you guys have, you know, first to find, basically, you guys have the first photos, you have the first um, um, information about it because you've taken the first pictures, you've seen it first um, on the tour and, and you've captured the first stuff. 
The other thing I think that is so important and so great is you guys really are fostering um, conversation. You really have um, that community spirit. You have um, uh, really fostered, you know, so much of what people believe in is the opinion of fellow golfers. And it's really a, a wonderful opportunity to just to communicate and to have a conversation, which is such a wonderful opportunity to, to see and, and to find them, I think, on that, in that site. Um, I think I was reading you guys have something like 2 million unique um, readers visit that site every month. Is that correct? I don't actually know the exact numbers. Uh, I know like, I can see like reads on the site as far as article reads and those kind of things. Um, as far as the exact numbers, I know um, we are very busy. I, again, I'm not sure of the exact numbers on it, um, but it is one of those things where we're, we're very proud of the readership that we have. And, you know, our audience is an extremely educated golf audience. That's one of those things that I think is, is really important and really vital in, in the community that we have and that we've fostered because it's, it all comes down to being able to share information and share it with other people that are, are curious to really understand what goes on with someone else's golf game, right? It's, it's easily relatable. And, you know, it's, it's a lot easier now when you think of even 10 years ago, access to launch monitors and access to equipment in general was not, it's not to the point where it is now. And I mean, for myself, we see people all the time. They post, these are my launch, these are my TrackMan numbers. Uh, and someone will chime in and they'll say, have you done this? You've tried this. And I think that is where uh, technology has brought people even closer together because of the uh, equipment technology as far as analysis has allowed even fitters to, to work remotely. I mean, I've, I've, I answer a lot of questions on Instagram all the time and people will send me numbers. Actually, I just, before I got on this call, someone's like, what do you think of my recent gapping session? And I think that's kind of funny. I think it's, it's not funny, but it's like, to me, it's so cool because before, you know, someone would have to kind of guess all these things. And now with information that people can bring to the conversation, you know, you, you, I can adjust it. You know, everyone can say, Oh, a driver's really hot off the face this year. Well, that's, that's just a, it's not really a, a useful, it's a, it's an observation, but it's not a very useful observation. Now someone can go out and say, I've hit these two drivers and I'm seeing this difference in RPM spin. Well, that's a validation of what's going on with a certain product. And because we focus a lot on golf equipment, that's where we have this ability to really help back and forth other golfers and other golfers do that on the site. It's not, I mean, we are, we involve ourselves in the forums a lot, but uh, it's other golfers helping other golfers is really what it's all about. Right. Absolutely. Now talking through that even more, um, you are a master club builder with more than 17 years experience. How did you get started in club building? I mean, originally. That's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, if, if I want to go all the way back, well, you can, we'll start in the way, way back time machine here. Um, I was about 10, 11 years old, uh, being Canadian, played hockey in the wintertime. A lot of my friends were getting into golf. It was the year after Tiger Woods had won the Masters, so it would have been 97, so I would have been roughly 10. And, you know, friends called up, hey, you want to go golfing? And I was like, turned off the phone, looked over to my dad, do, we have, do I have golf clubs? And he's like, yeah, we got something. So I went out, played. Never went to a range, never really, I don't remember ever going to a range before. I probably had those little plastic clubs as a kid and was like, this is fun. And I think, I don't know if it was that year or the year after, but I, I did get a membership 
And at some point, my dad had showed me how to regrip golf clubs. He's always been someone who prefers to, you know, do it himself. And the other part of it as well was the fact that this is the age before big box stores. And for us in Canada, it was Golf Town. Golf Town, I think, was probably mid to early 2000s when it started, which when it really came out. Because I remember by the time, by that point, I was like, I was old enough to have a car so I could go drive the hour to go to the big box store and see all the equipment that like you could only ever see online, which is nowadays is like common practice. But at the time, it was like unheard of. So uh, learned how to regroup golf clubs around 12. And then by the time I was 13 or 14, I was starting to understand that, you know, you can actually change these things. I was a kid that pulled apart skateboards and bikes and everything that I was basically given the opportunity to pull apart. Uh, we had a lawnmower that died. And my dad gave me his ratchet set and said, go to town. And I strewed parts all over the driveway. And uh, I didn't put it back together, but that's what happened. And so uh, it was like, as soon as I realized you could do it with golf clubs, I was immediately hooked because you know, for someone who was a, a very terrible skateboard kid or rode a bike, kind of like stunt bike, I'm doing air quotes here, I know this is audio. Um, so, you know, you could change all the gear you wanted on your skateboard, but it's not going to help you that much, really, in reality. You still got to go out and do it. But with golf equipment, you can help people and you can help golfers play better by adjusting their equipment or seeing these differences. And where it really clicked for me, and I love telling this story, is after I started working, probably about 14, 15, I'd been playing golf this whole time. And I knew you could really tinker with gear. And I finally saved up enough money working all summer. I had like $700. I was like, that was, wow. felt like a million dollars at the time. I went to a used golf store, bought a set of I3s had just come out. And I still didn't have all the information on like what was new and what wasn't. I knew that a set of $1,200 I3s was completely out of the question. So I was like, okay, well, if the I3s are the newest ones, I2s must be the last iteration. I didn't know there, was, there wasn't this information that was out there, which it wasn't. It was like the Zing or Zing 2 or whatever it was. There's a lot of things in between there, but I bought a set of I2s. I've got a big Bertha driver. I got all this stuff. And I went out and I played terrible. And I had hit it on the range and I didn't really think that I was doing that bad. But as soon as I went to the golf course, I was all over the place. Mostly with, it was basically with the irons. And I couldn't figure out what it was. And someone who I played with, my, I was playing my dad and one of his friends. And he was like, I think those line goals are wrong for you. I'm like, I, please explain this. I, I don't have no, under, no understanding of any of this. I was a short little dumpy kid and I'm hitting everything left. I'm hooking everything like crazy. And he goes, well, I think you need to flatten them. It's okay. So once I understood that, I called Ping uh, Canada. It's about an hour away. A couple of weeks later, went in for a fitting. They bent everything flat on my iron for free. They gave me a putter cover for my putter that I also bought used, but didn't come with a cover. And well, boom, I'm hooked. So all of a sudden now I realized that you can really change someone's golf game by changing their equipment. And that was it for me. So I was pulling stuff apart, just tinkering on all my own gear all the time. And, you know, going to like little used sales and buying stuff and pulling it apart and seeing what I could do and part of regripping. And then it just really went from there. And by the time I was 17, 18, I, I was, uh, ordering stuff from Golfsmith all the time, which had their components, and just trying things out. Ended up going to their club building school on two different occasions in Austin. Uh, met a lot of people there that are still people that I talked to at the time. When uh, Jeff Sheets, who is known for uh, a lot of things, he worked for Ben Hogan. He was obviously a key part of uh, Golfsmith at the time. Worked for Top Flight. Worked with a lot of different players on tour, and uh, through that and understanding all these things that were going on with, with golf gear, 
um, what I was getting, sorry, what I was getting, I was like, I was, I think I was the youngest person to go through that club building program at the time. A lot of retired people who just kind of getting into the hobby. And I was like, no, this is cool. I want to figure this out. I, I really want to like, he had like the original launch monitor there and all this stuff. And it just basically grew from there. Worked at, eventually worked at the big box store and I went to school because it was close by, got a job there. And that's how I got into it. And I've just been doing it ever since, basically since I was like 15. And I think that's one of the things that um, a lot of that isn't as hard as people think. I mean, I've even changed grips on, on clubs. Um, um, and I think it, once you just start tinkering a little bit, it, it removes some of the, the fear factor behind it. Um, and then I think once you realize maybe that you can't screw it up um, or, or maybe once you do screw it up, then um, you realize it's, it's not the end of the world. Um, um, would you, for those that want to maybe start building clubs or um, um, get into it, what, what are your recommendations? What are some of the tools that, that people need to um, maybe if they want to want to start building their own clubs, what, what are the basics that they need? Yeah. Um, the one thing I always tell people to get started in is like buy old wedges. They're super cheap when you can find old worn out wedges. It comes with a steel shaft, a solid club head. There's no badges generally on wedges and you can mess around with those things all you want. You can bend them, you can torch them, you can uh, put them, glue them, drill them out. You can't really hurt a wedge. Those are, those are the clubs I always uh, recommend people start with. As far as tools go, you can use a torch, uh, some, just some like your normal drill. Uh, and then uh, I'm trying to think there's a vice, basically a bench and a vice is can, you can do a lot of stuff with that. You can do some regripping if you have like a catch basin or like a big garbage can or things like that. And uh, that's really the, the true basics. Uh, as far as getting into more detailed stuff as you know, I always say there's, there's two different sides of club building. There is cut and glue. And a lot of people, uh, not to like put people into a box, but a lot of people will say like, I build golf clubs. It's like you cut and glue them. You kind of just, you follow the instructions and boom, you have a golf club at the end. Um, but you know, you haven't gone through the process of maybe checking everything about that golf club. So if you had to repeat it again, how, po how possible would it be to repeat it? And a lot of people would say, I have no idea. For club building, there's a lot of things as far as like swing weight scale and using a, a small scale just to, you know, to understand what the shaft and grip weight and head weight and making sure that they're, if you're building a set, how they flow throughout the set. Yeah. Um, I've actually written an article, not to like do the uh, standard plug here, but um, it is a resource that I point people to all the time. If you just like Google my name, Golf Directs and Essential Tools at Club Building, I have this article I wrote like four years ago, again, before I even worked for the site. It was just something that I was really excited about writing because I wanted to create a resource for people because it was such a popular question. Um, and it goes through everything. So we talk about all the small tools. We talk about the belt sander. You can go into a grinder. As far as I'm concerned, I have a dust collection system in my shop. It's not big. I don't do it like I don't do high, high volume, but it's very helpful to have it because my shop is in my basement. And uh, all those little things that add up. And when it comes to tools, uh, the best advice that I can always give is buy the most expensive tool you can possibly afford and the highest quality tool because you're never going to have to replace it. I, I have a, my saw is I bought when I was a golf, when I went to golf with my lilac machine, I, I ordered when I was there, my shaft puller, all of these things I, I paid a premium for at the time when I was 16. I was the, probably the only 16 year old kid that wanted a lilac machine for their birthday. Let's just put it that way. And, uh, 
know now I still have them because I've invested in them and there's, they work just like they came out of the box. And that's the other thing is if you obviously take care of them too. That's actually advice. My grandmother gave me that same advice. Always, whenever you go to get a tool, always buy the most expensive thing you can possibly afford because you'll, if you, if you take care of it, you'll have it a lifetime. So uh, I, I would say that's also great advice. What one thing, if you, if you stood back and looked, what is the one thing you say that you could look and say, hmm, this is the mistake that all amateurs make, or this is, this is the thing that I made at, when I first got started that if I could just prevent, you know, everyone from making, here's my advice um, for, for those just getting started. Is it slow down? Is it, um, I, I don't know, uh, what, yeah, what, would uh, your, what would it be? You know, as far as, uh, you know, common mistakes that people make, a lot of people will use too much heat when it comes to pulling graphite shafts. You need a, sh you need a shaft puller when it comes to graphite. I've seen too many pictures of people trying to pull them, stick them in a vise and pull the head off. Uh, and, you know, you're just going to fry a graphite shaft. It's, it's going to be kaputs. Uh, so that's one is of using too much heat. Uh, another thing is just understanding the finishes of the golf club you're working with. You know, if it's chrome, you can't really go to it with hard sandpaper. You're going to scratch it. Um, it's the little detail things that really kind of separate the what's going on as far as uh, being able to just put something together and have it function versus putting it together and have it also function but also look good, right? I mean. Uh, I think that's kind of what separates the, the cut and glue from a club builder. Um, and so, yeah, too much heat's a big one. And then just, as you say, taking your time. And also another thing, which is also very important, is, you know, it comes down to that detail. Putting a grip on straight, just take your time. If you, if you, if you go through that process when you do it the first time, um, you know, it, it's, it's going to look a lot better. You don't, no, one, no one wants to get the first tee and go, oh. Well, that's really crooked, you know, and it, again, it only takes a little right. bit of time to actually do that. And then you also have, um, again, just checking head weights, weighing your epoxy, or just making sure that it's mixed correctly. Because the last thing, again, you want to be a par three with your six iron, your six iron ends up in a pond. So or at least the head ends up in the pond, you're standing there with a, a grip and a golf shaft. So uh, it is just the little things. And when um, people always ask me, like, what is... The, the, the gluing process for club building is actually the, like not the easiest part, but it's, it's a very simple part. It's everything that comes before in the prep work and everything that comes in the after work. And the prep work is really where the kind of the, the quote unquote magic happens for building a set of golf club. I'm going to let you do a little plug. Um, you host your own podcast on uh, the golf uh, WRX radio network called on spec. Um, what's this show about and how can viewers find it? Yeah, so if you if you were to Google on spec or Golf Tech Radio, uh, we have one channel that has all of our shows. Uh, my show comes out every Monday. Uh, it's kind of, I kind of cover everything. I do question and answers on Instagram, so I'll do kind of ask me anything segments. Uh, the the fun thing is I don't have a, I do have guests uh, on occasion uh, and do some interviews with golfers and kind of get outside of the equipment space. Uh, although I always kind of generally bring it back to it, um, but uh, I. The nice thing is because it's my show, I get to talk about whatever I want. Uh, if it happens to be something comes out, something's new as far as technology, uh, helping golfers answer common questions, uh, it's all there. Uh, and it's, you know, kind of like how I'm talking now, it goes off on tangents like you wouldn't believe, 
but we always try and bring it back. And uh, usually it's, you know, it's 35 to 50 minutes of just golf talk. Are there any questions? I know you, with your weekly um, Instagram Q and A that you do, are there any questions that you're like, okay, this is coming up week after week after week that you seem to, to just get nonstop that, that you're like, okay, why are people constantly asking the same question of me? I think the one that comes up a lot uh, is the, is the shaft question. And it's something like, uh, I'm using this, this shaft in this driver and I'm trying to achieve this, or I have this shaft in this driving iron or this shaft in, in my irons and I'm trying to achieve this, would changing to X shaft be better? And the answer is always, first off, I don't know unless I have information on your, on your golf clubs. Um, so I try, I generally I'll go, they'll have people ask and I'll go back and I'll go through this process with people, which, you know, sometimes goes a little bit in depth if they have information. But the biggest thing as far as launch and spin is not the golf shaft. It is the club head. It is the club head and how the person delivers it. So if you are, I had someone tell me that they, they had a, 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 what is it? The, I don't know why I'm blanking on it. The SIM driver. SIM driver is one of the lowest spinning drivers on the market. And they told me that they couldn't get a driver. They couldn't get the SIM driver to spin under 3000 RPM. And I said, that's your golf swing. There's not a golf shaft in the world that's going to help you change what's going on with your golf swing. So as far as what is created, as far as what you see on a launch monitor, it's always going to be swing first, club head second, then the golf shaft. But the first two are going to be the most important, and then the golf shaft kind of helps everything merge together. Uh, a lot of people put too much emphasis on that when really, in reality, it is a it is, it's a very important, but it's more of a fine-tuning element of a golf club than something that is going to fix one thing or the other. That's, that, I think, makes a lot of sense. Um, for you personally, what's on the horizon for you? Uh, what, what new projects do you see uh, coming up that you'll be working on? Uh, you know, I got, I got some, uh, I got, I'm always building golf clubs. Uh, people reach out. I do build clubs for people. I don't want to say on the side, but as I do have customers locally and people that reach out on Instagram once in a while that I, I do build clubs for. Um, and then just for golf directs, it's all about, for me, uh, being able to answer questions as well as talk about what's coming up new. Uh, you know, we've seen new Titleist drivers out on tour recently, so we're starting to cover that. Uh, there's some other new stuff coming out in the next week, which is really exciting that we're, we're going to be covering. And it's always, it's always about helping golfers. That's really the end goal because I've been, I've done every, almost, I don't want to say everything, but I've done almost everything in the golf industry. I've never worked on a golf course so that I've, I've worked at a golf course that I've just never worked as like grounds crew but I've done everything from washing golf clubs to picking the driving range to putting grips on to, you know, working with like kind of everything, working retail at a big box store as someone who um, was really kind of getting into equipment and, and tried to learn more about it. And for me, it's, it's kind of that same, it's always the same thing. You know, we, I, it's amazing that you say, I get questions all the time. They, they seem familiar, but I treat it like Disneyland, right? It's the Disneyland philosophy. I don't care if someone asks it 500 times. That's the first time that golfer is asking that question. So I'm going to treat it like it's the first time and I'm not going to act frustrated because I don't think that's, first of all, it's not my position to be frustrated about a question. My goal is to be helpful. And I, I do take that very seriously. And for me, it's, be, and especially right now, and I'm sure you, you see it as well as how, how much golf is growing right now. I'm not, I don't want to say that it is one of it's, 
it is a byproduct of what is going on in our current situation. That a lot of people are looking at golf. And if we look at it as a closed shop and say, oh, here comes another beginner golfer who's going to ask me a bunch of stupid questions, then who is like, why would people look at it like as an inviting thing to have? We want people to play. We want to invite people out to the golf course. We want to have people be encouraged to go play. And with that in mind, I, th I think it's being able to be open-minded. And I really do ap approach it like that because anybody who works in golf and is golf is an ambassador to the game. However Absolutely. big or small you are, it doesn't matter. If you have three friends and, and they're not golfers and you ask them if they want to come play or go to the driving range, you become an ambassador. And everyone has a voice and everyone has a microphone. And, you know, I'm lucky to have a fairly large audience to talk to. And, you know, a lot of those people are going to be core golfers and a lot of them are going to be people looking for information. And as far as I'm concerned, it's always about being a positive source for people. And that's really what I'm always trying to do. I love the fact, Brian, that you um, are a helper. Uh, you are someone who is excited to just um, answer questions and uh, educate those around you um, to the best of your ability and to your knowledge. And I think that that is really helping to um, bring the game forward and to, um, to enlighten those around you. And so uh, uh, I think that's absolutely wonderful. So uh, thank you. Thank you on behalf of uh, golfers, um, uh, all around us. So, um, can I ask you to share, um, your Instagram and Twitter handles so that, um, any of our viewers that might have questions have a way to find you and ask their questions, um, and get in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, as I say, the DMS are always open, uh, on Twitter and Instagram, it is the exact same handle. It's R D S Barath. B-A-R-A-T-H, and that's me. Uh, again, Twitter and Instagram, you'll find me. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a cartoon version of me in the uh, the avatar there, uh, which is done by uh, a friend of mine. So, uh, if again, if you have questions, by all means, reach out. Uh, either if I do a question and answer period and this, the old Instagram story or anything like that, or even if you just have a question, by all means, ask it because that's and that's what I'm there for. And I think it's always very interesting when people ask, so like, "Oh, I should actually answer my question." It's like, "Well, yeah, I encourage you to ask them." So. Uh, that's what I'm there for, and and uh, that's the that's the old tagline there. RDS Breath on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome, and with that, I would like to thank Ryan for joining us today. Um, it was just me due to a few technical difficulties we had with our Zoom column with Bill and Ken. So, everyone, stay tuned for a brief word from our sponsor, and then we will be back with uh, Jack Bergeroni. So, thanks everyone. Thanks Ryan for joining us. Hey, Bill here. I wanted to pause real quick to thank our sponsor, MortonGolfSales.com. Morton Golf Sales is the number one online retailer for all your golfing needs. From the newest clubs on the market to the classics that you can't find anywhere else, Morton Golf Sales has the best products and customer service at the lowest possible prices. Want to check out their huge online inventory of clubs, clothing, golf balls, accessories, and save 12% on your first order? Just use coupon code ROCKETS at checkout on mortongolfsales.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Now, back to the show. Mom's Beef Hash has a first name. It's from a can we see. But we all have another name. We call it untasty. 
We hate to eat it every day. And but if you ask us why, we'll say... Cause mama's hash tastes like trash and we should feed it to the dog. Welcome to the Jack Burgeroni Experience. Hey y'all, what's going on? Clay and Jen here with another reaction video. Um, today we're going to be going over some old school Tiger Woods commercials. Giving those a Yay. watch and yeah, seeing what they, how things have changed. <laughs> um, a, he looks older now, but B, the way that they did things was very different back then. So uh, we found some good ones. Um, the Golf's Not Hard collection, I guess is what they'd call it. Signature collection sold on DVD. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> Not sure if it is, but they're old Nike commercials, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, for some shoes or something along those lines. So we're going to go ahead and dive on in and see what it looks like. Because last week's commercial, because our, our thing, our little segment we did last week just went over gangbusters. Yeah, I got global news recognition. It was incredible. Global. global. That we actually filmed like five minutes ago because we're yeah. doing these little ones. It <laughs> got such great feedback from both of us. But if you're seeing this, it got good enough feedback that we are continuing by posting more of these, right? Yeah, and it's fun for us to put together. I mean, we're stuck at home, so um, why not? What's better than watching the commercial? <laughs> watching some old commercials. Pretending we're working. <laughs> this is work, I promise. This is work, okay. All right, you so ready to watch the, the first one? The biggest, hardest part of this is hitting play at play the same Play at the same time, time. yeah, exactly. Okay. Ready? All right, cool. Three, two, one. Golf's Bang. not hard with Tiger Woods and here's TW. Golf's not hard. Tiger Woods. Golf is a slice. One solution okay, is to play this the is gallery. a very bright red shirt. Having women in trouble to my left and right. I love the right. camera transition. Henry reminder really that I need to keep my club face square. Okay, so you, question Okay, he did not really hit that. Works for Joe. Did he hit that? I don't think so. That, that, that back drop him, looks totally fake to me. Okay, and obviously... He's really hitting that. Well, in front of real people. slice and hooked him. Something we'll be sure to work on next. And that's time. obviously in the interlay. Okay, so we're stopping. That. We're stopping that. Okay, so do you think Tiger Woods actually hit that? Did he actually hit the ball? He actually yeah. hit the ball. You think he, he actually hit the hit ball it between in front those, of those people? people? No. I don't know. Oh, I, I don't think he did. That's like way too much. Those commercial guys are either sitting there like, please don't hit anyone, or it's totally fake. There's, I, I think that would be such a huge um, insurance thing to have. I mean, let's take women and children and put them it's right in front of what could possibly be death. Well, the title that you, the news title you missed based off that commercial was three people dead during Tiger Woods commercial filming. So, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I don't so think bad I'm all, think of all the Nike product they would have sold. I, Cause I'm like, remember the Pepsi commercial where they burnt, was it Michael Jackson that they burnt? Oh or yeah. You? Yeah. His hair caught on fire or whatever. Right. Exactly. I'm all, that's a, you sell so much product when you have a, I don't think that was, I think everything was interlaid. Okay. I, but they, you're my this weird little they had this weird little transition where it was like, it like paused and faded because they obviously didn't have very good video equipment back then. So I think it was fake, but I don't know how they faked it. But yeah, that was pretty good. I like also how that guy, Joel, the random Joel guy, was in the background. Like how you know his name. I don't, yeah, I'm really bad with names. So the fact that I remember this, but Tiger Wood just like pops out of the corner and he's like, Joel didn't do that so well. And Joel's in the back. He's just like, like trying to work on his swing. Like, 
just as a good sued for all eternity by taking yeah, out the exactly. head of a couple people. No big deal. <laughs> so all wait, right. that was for shoes. Did you want to buy those shoes? No. What? <laughs> I think that's a lot of commercials. I, I honestly forgot it was even about shoes, frankly. I just remember Joel. My for... question to you <laughs> is did did Tiger fit into the shirt that he was wearing? It did felt... he ever fit into shirts? I mean, I feel like now he does and like within now the last does, ten years, yeah. but I feel like he for looked, five years. He's always wore like, baggy stuff. Maybe. Okay. Maybe it made him look younger. Maybe it was hand-me-downs. They were know. definitely not hand-me-downs. <laughs> you don't think Tiger relied on hand-me-downs? But that was definitely the, that red, that bright red tournament. I'm coming out to, to score on Sunday red shirt that he had in that commercial. Yeah, just like eight sizes too large. Exactly. He All always right, there, there more, the, there's more to this series, right? Yeah, this he always ordered the quadruple hard. XL. That was like his, you know, that way he got that. Like, if the wind blew too hard, he would have been just completely gone. <laughs> Flying away. <laughs> All right, next up, I think it has something to do with teeing the ball up. So let's see what this looks like. Okay, here Wait, we go. Hidden. Are you ready? Play. Yeah. Three, two, one. Golf's not hard with Tiger Woods. Another red shirt. Today's topic. I, I think you're ahead of me. I like to tee up my here ball we go. Just above the uh. club head. Such a long time spent just watching the ball. I think that's the gag. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to blow. Okay, this is definitely the gag. Oh, it's still going. That's the point. Okay. <laughs> okay. Pause. Okay. So, do you think that one was real? <laughs> that one was definitely real. That ball is still going. It just made it into the atmosphere and it's just still going. <laughs> it's just a satellite, right? Yeah. Going round and round and round. <laughs> that one was pretty good. At first I was confused and then and then it made sense. So that's good. <laughs> what was it selling? The shoes again, right? Okay, I just want to say that that whole commercial, you didn't even see his feet. You didn't even see his feet, people. Like, actually, did you when he teed up the ball? Did you at that point where he's like, I like to tee the ball? I don't know, because I was like, oh, he's giving a tip. Yeah. I know. I was thinking in my head, like, okay, where do I, like, where do I tee the ball up? And I tee mine really low because I tend to just chunk the heck out of the ground. So, you know. You're not going to launch it into the atmosphere at that rate. Not that way. Or just me continually look at the camera. I also like the fade-ins and fade-outs of, like, those type of videos during that time. It's just, like, it fades into, like, 15 different angles of his face. (laughs) And it's just, like, here's him from the front. Here's him from the side. Here's him turning. And it's just, like, (laughs) fade-in. All you needed back in the time to sell anything was just Tiger Space. And then you could just say just a little, little little thing that okay we're selling shoes we're here selling. yeah we're just shoes but then nothing else whatsoever about like, it like there's no benefit and it's like we're we're marketing people i guess but there's no benefit of the shoes <laughs> like <it's, laughs> he's literally talking about the reason he hit it that far is because of how he teed up the ball it has nothing to do with the shoes right he wasn't like oh the traction i get you know like we see now it's literally just like just i'm wearing these shoes and i hit this ball it has no correlation based off what I'm telling you, but here you go. They're that used to be Tiger, or that used to be Nike's whole ad campaign, though. I mean, it was athlete first, and, then, and where um, golf tends to be fairly, um, you know, here's the benefits, here's the uh, the you know reasons why you should buy something. The things that, it does for you, yeah, yeah. I know. All right, sorry, we're we're totally going off the of marketing. <laughs> 
but that was, I mean, the commercial itself was pretty funny. I, I don't think it actually worked for what they were trying to sell, but I don't know. Was that one of the most popular golf shoes ever? Do you know? I don't know. Okay. We need Ken in the room. I wasn't even alive at this point. Considering the fact oh, that I'm golly, I'm not even going there. <laughs> All right. Ready for the next one? Yeah, we need to do a better right. three, two, one thing. All right. Tell okay. me when. Ready? Three, two, one. Golf's not hard with Tiger Woods and the Air Zoom TW. This Today, is another shoe, right? Okay, no red shirt or no bit. bunker shot. Bill's red. First, 300, hit the ball 300 yards. Second, don't hit the ball more than 300 yards. If necessary, take a three quarter swing. Three quarter swing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hit the ball 300 yards. Third, hit the flagstick. This will leave you a very makeable eagle putt. <laughs> Next week, basic tips. Hey, on at least he has jumps. good, you know, he's cleaning up after himself. Yeah, he's showing up. Unlike those guys in the previous video when we made yeah. the last oh. one who just dug a hole. <laughs> yeah. Um, was, uh, I like that. More. The 300 yard bunker shot, if necessary, take a three quarter, what is it, three quarter swing? Three quarter swing. Hit yeah. it. Don't hit it less than 300. Don't hit, <laughs> Don't hit it, it more, more than 300. Exactly and, 300. And then hit the hit the the pin flag. Yeah. So that you know it just will bounce off and leave you with a very easy um, putt. I think that's really good advice for. And then he's going to come back, and he's going to show us some harder some harder videos soon. Hopefully, yeah, some ones that are a little easier, right? No. These are the easy ones. He's going to show us the harder ones later. Oh, he's going to show us the harder ones. Okay. Because this is golf's not hard. Oh, yeah, that's like, true. Are you yeah. not realizing what Again, we're watching right now? I think I just don't understand these commercials. <laughs> because I don't get why they're selling shoes. I don't understand what the premise is. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe 300-yard uh, bunker shots are just, I've made them too hard. I should just start taking three-quarter swings. I think that's the solution. I'm hitting them too hard. That's that's what I should do. So I'm thinking that this commercial did not resonate with you. <laughs> no, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I like the I like the fact how much time they spend on really menial stuff with him, like him raking up the sandpit. He's <laughs> 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 like, just raking it up. They're like, look what a good golfer he is. He's raking the sandpit. And me, my thought was, man, that's really nice sand in that sand trap. I mean, yeah. that was my takeaway. I'm like, I have no idea what those did golf we, shoes okay. look like. Did, did we see? But I was like, wow, that was really nice sand in the sand trap. <laughs> did we see his shoes in this one? Okay, we did see the shoes in this one. So that's Maybe a benefit. that's why they spent all that time raking the sand yeah, so that like, you can oh, see the shoes. Yeah. Remember, he's wearing the shoes. The Zoom TWs or whatever the heck they're called. But I'm thinking to myself, what I noticed was the sand. The sand. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed the sand. <laughs> Yeah, I know. You don't notice the shoes. And then I also want to say that the fact that the shoes are named Zoom seems kind of weird. Like you're Since we're filming this on a Zoom call? <laughs> but no. that, but then also your goal with golfing is not to go fast. Like, you're not a runner. <laughs> you're not like, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, let's see if we'll find one of these that sells me on these shoes and I'll go on eBay. All right, and find golf's them. not hard. We're doing All the right. fourth one, right? Next one. Yep. How many of them are there? I don't know. I think there's two right. more, maybe. Okay. All right. Ready? Three, Go. two, one. Go. Go. And now, golf's not win? hard with Tiger Woods and the Air Zoom T-Range. He's not, he, now he's, he's moved. He's moved off into Play a different shirt. The inside of I see field. shoes. Second, bend your knees slightly. And finally, keep the left arm straight. 
voila, you're on your way to a better golf swing. Of course, you also want to maintain the triangle too, and lead with your hips. And other than taking the club back low and slow, that's all there is to it. <laughs> what are we doing here? Is this an act? Is this a commercial or is this a training video? Be between your thumb and forefinger, pointing to the right shoulder. Wait, I'm not actually like a wizard. I'm not like a wizard. I'm not actually that one like confused the heck out of me. I'm expecting him to be like, like in the other ones, they're like, <laughs> you know, just super simple. Shows him raking up, whatever. He's just talking to the camera while the ball is still flying. This one, they're just like, let's give you a full breakdown of the human anatomy. <laughs> I was not expecting that at all. I thought we had two more and it was just a really long one about him blabbering about whatever the heck. Still nothing about the shoes. Were the shoes in any of the diagrams that were floating around maybe? I don't know. I was like, what's going on? I was just confused. Did you see the one of the guy where he had the ha bottom half of his body in an ice cube? Well, did you see the bird take off? <laughs> no, I didn't see the bird. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know if those work for me. I'm so confused. I, I needed more volume to figure out what went on there. That got really complicated all at once, and yet I don't think yeah. it ever talked about the shoes. It didn't. I think, obviously, that was their point, right? But that caught yeah. me so off guard. Like, I was just expecting it to be, you know, like him oversimplifying things and then just kind of ending it that way, right? But instead, they just, I mean, it's still, it's just him, the humor is in the overcomplication now, I guess, but. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. All right. Well, what do you think? Is golf hard or not hard? <laughs> I think Nike has simplified it to the nth degree. Based off of these, I now know how to hit a ball into the atmosphere. I can hit 300 yard bunker shots and I know the perfect golf swing uh, with just a billion simple steps. And so I think that golf now is very easy for me and I'm definitely going to do everything except for buy those shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. Thanks, Tiger Woods. Yeah, thanks, Nike, for a bunch of random information. Perfect. All right. Well, we need to hear your guys' comments. So tell us what you think. Um, yeah. And, is there anybody uh, that's watching this that's bought those shoes because of these ads? I would be so curious to know. Yeah. And if you remember these commercials, I don't remember this particular commercial series. So you don't remember any of them. I don't remember those. You should ask Ken and see if he remembers. Ken will remember everything. My husband has the memory of an elephant. Yeah. <laughs> word by word. Um, yeah. Overall, I thought they were good. Like, they were funny. Um, I don't think they were very good at selling what they wanted them to. But what do you think? But did they need to because they had Tiger Woods during the heyday? I don't know. I think the real winner here was Tiger because he got paid like $18 million to make those. <laughs> Tiger was the winner. Yeah. Right. Well, Should very we come good. Back? Should we do more of these? I mean, I think we'll just have to ultimately, if people are screaming at us, asking us to stop making them, I think we'll stop making them. But otherwise, <laughs> I think we'll make some more. Don't do that. Tell us how much you liked seeing these yeah. and how much they uh, make you remember the old days. <laughs> and yeah. actually, and if you have a series of videos you want us to do, post them in the comments, right? Yeah, that'd be awesome. We'd lo always love to hear um, some stuff. Or if they have commercials that they think would be really funny for the Morton Golf 
uh, family to look at. I think we'll have to get some more people on here too. Maybe Ken can join one of these days or something. We can just see what his thoughts are when he mouths the words as he remembers them like it was yesterday. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Cool. Thanks, awesome. guys. Yeah. We'll thanks you all time. for sticking with us. See you all in the next video.